to a new full episode of Becoming Chiron, the key to unlocking healing and personal alchemy with me, your hostess, Ursula Duffy. I changed up the format a little bit for this podcast, and I'm going to change it up a little bit more in today's episode and moving forward. And what I'm going to do for today is we're actually this time going to start with announcements and ways to support the show and then we'll do the astro weather check and we'll talk all about tomorrow's full moon in gemini and then we'll get into our chiron content which today will be chiron in the sign of sagittarius and the sign of sagittarius in general which is the zodiac season that we are now in and i love how everything has synced up and that's actually the first thing that i want to discuss but before I do that, <clears throat> just for everyone's information, I'm recording this on Sunday, the 26th of November, 2023, and I hit record right around 10.25 a.m. here on the East Coast in Atlantic City, New Jersey. So I <clears throat> kind of did a surprise thing last month with the new moon in Scorpio. As I said, when we synced up back during, I believe it was Libra season, how much I enjoyed the fact that the podcast episodes and the Chiron topic had synced up with the Zodiac seasons. So I want to move forward with this season, keeping that synchronicity and synchronization in check. So my full episodes moving forward, as I've mentioned, will be on Chiron and the sign during the Zodiac season that we're in. I just think that that was a really cool thing that happened I know that it wasn't by chance <laughs> and I just think it's fun because we're, we're in the energy and we're talking about the energy and we can kind of glean even more information, I think, just being in it than the information that I share from the Dark Moon Astrology Oracle deck and also, or, I'm sorry, the Black Moon Astrology Oracle deck and um, the <clears throat> Chiron content in Barbara Hanclough's Rainbow Bridge book. So what I did... In November, I don't want to forego the astro weather checks. I think that those are helpful and useful. And for me, I just, I like doing them twice a month with the podcast episodes. So with the new moons, I'll separate that out now into a standalone, just astro weather check. And that's what I did last month. And I kind of ripped off the remaining piece of the band-aid that I had kind of hanging on there. And I did that as a live video episode on uh, StreamYard, which is what we use as our streaming software. And that was live on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. 
And then I push that out as a standalone podcast episode as well. So I want, I would love feedback on that and what you all think of the format moving forward. If you listen to the podcast on Spotify, that was actually my first ever video episode. Spotify allows the uploads of the videos to be a podcast episode. Um, <clears throat> what'd you think? <laughs> for those of you who listened to me and have been listening for a while, you got finally got to see me maybe if you watched it on YouTube or uh, if you watched it on Spotify, YouTube was also video, Facebook was also video. So I would love feedback on that and moving forward, what do you think? Do you support it? Is it cool? Do you not care? Like whatever you think. I just, I, I love feedback. I'm still looking for feedback on some ideas for season four. I haven't really gotten any downloads on that yet. I know we're kind of far out now at this point since we have Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces remaining. So we'll be in this season now for another four to maybe five months. So this will carry us forward into the spring of next year, and I will probably be starting a season four after that at some point. So there's still time to really kind of percolate and let things marinate and think about content. I have a few ideas of more Chiron content that I want to cover, but some other ideas I want to throw out there are interviews and maybe just doing it as a full video show at this point. You know, what do y'all think? And ways to let me know what you think reach out to me, comment on the episodes. You can do that on our YouTube channel. So Sea Goddess Healing Arts YouTube, which is one place where the podcast is uploaded. Also just email me, ursaalchemy at gmail.com, U-R-S-A-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y at gmail.com. And I just love to hear from you. I want to know what you all think. This, uh, this project can feel a little lonely sometimes. I'm sitting here talking into a microphone for an hour, pushing some buttons. And then in most cases, I don't know what happens with the show. So <laughs> there's uh, usually some kind of Q&A or a poll that I put along with the podcast episodes on Spotify. They allow for that as well. And then if you listen on Apple Podcasts, one of the ways that you can give me feedback is through stars or a review. So that is also there. I think once you're listening to the episode, you just scroll all the way down in the app and at the very bottom, you can leave stars, you can write a review. And I would love to see more of that as well. So just my request to all of you for feedback and just so I, how, I know how I'm doing with this project and just all the changes that I'm going to be making with the format. I just, you know, would love to know what you think. So that is one thing that I wanted to cover. And then we're going to do our announcements first. I have some really exciting things coming up right now. On <clears throat> tomorrow night, actually, under the energy of the full moon, we'll be having our November online soul circle. And that is tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern. And in that space, we just meet up online for an hour and a half, two hours. We go over the astro weather checks and the energies that we're under and then we do some meditation, some energy healing, and tools to help us work through the energy as a community, as a team, and an online community. And that is a beautiful space that we hold with the entire Sea Goddess team. And right now, it is half price for Soul Garden members. So 
it's $22.22 if you're not a member, if you want to join us tomorrow night. And if you are a Soul Garden member, it's half price at $11.11, which is the monthly rate for our beautiful Soul Garden online community, our monthly membership that we just started about six months ago. And that has just become a wonderful space and <clears throat> our members are just beautiful and there's many benefits to joining that, not just half price online soul circles every month. So check that out. I'll put links for everything that I'm um, announcing in the episode notes for today. So that is tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And we'll be doing a lot of release, I believe, from what I'm seeing already developing under this energy, um, just for whatever's coming up during this full moon. And we'll get more into that energy in the Astro Weather Check. So we have that. And then <clears throat> I started creating the lunar blends again. If you don't know what my lunar blends are, they are astrological aromatherapy that are specifically crafted for the energy of the full moons. And this one is specific to the Gemini Sagittarius dynamic. The two oils that are in the blend that correspond to the full moon energy are basil sweet, which is the oil for Gemini, and black pepper, which is the oil for Sagittarius. And I also added patchouli to this blend as that is the oil that goes with the new moon that we had in Scorpio back on the 13th. So those are still available. They're only available about a week before the full moon. <clears throat> and then I cut it off because the full moon energy is kind of over after a couple of days after the full moon. So they're still up on the website right now. They're only $14 for, it's a five milliliter jar or bottle that I use. And it's what's called a stock blend. And there's just enough in there for the days around the full moon for diffusing or adding them to water and making a spray. <clears throat> so they're really easy to use. And it's just all the oils blended together. And I think diffusing is usually the best way to use these, especially if you do any kind of full moon ceremony, release ceremony, anything around that energy that just kind of helps with the tension that we all experience during the full moons anyway. And this is just meant to use the oils that correspond to the signs where the planets are to help with the ener energetics and it's energy medicine, it's aromatherapy. And that is a segue. I'll put that link as well. Segue into my next announcement on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I am honored and very excited to be teaching my first class for the CIA Academy. CIA is the Cosmic Intelligence Agency. The woman in charge there, Julia, put out a call back in the summer for classes and content, and she extended that not just to agents of the CIA, but members as well, reminding us that a lot of us are also astrologers. So I reached out to Julia and I said, have you ever covered astrological aromatherapy or astrology and aromatherapy in your content? And she said, no, which surprised me a little bit. So I put together... Um, an outline and proposed that to her and she said let's do it so we're doing it and it's happening on Wednesday and I'll be teaching all about astrological aromatherapy which is sort of my specialization at this point it's sort of where I've been guided to for both disciplines coming together in a way that is sort of unique and new and there's not that much work being done yet so I'm really excited to teach about it and to teach about what I've been doing so far and the work that I've been basing my work on, the work of Patricia Davis, who I think pretty much wrote the only book out there called Astrological Aromatherapy. When I talked about the oils that correspond to the sun and the moon and the blend that I discussed, that's her work. 
which I've adopted and completely agree with as far as her choices for the signature oils for every zodiac sign she goes very much into oils that correspond to the planets it's very much all about the law of correspondences and how everything is interconnected with the stars and the plants and the planets and everything it's fascinating this is what i wrote my paper on when i achieved my uh, aromatherapy certification so i'm going to teach from that paper and from patricia's book and you can join us online. It's also recorded, just like the online soul circles also recorded. And that is, that is $25 US. And I'll put a link for that as well. You can register right on the CIA website. If you're a member, if, if you're an Academy member or CIA member, you get the class in your library automatically. So check out the CIA. They're an incredible organization. Julia is wonderful. And there's the agents, just everyone that's involved in that platform and organization are just phenomenal and I'm just super excited and honored to be joining that and excited to teach something that I'm so passionate about and that I was guided to spiritually and hopefully lay some groundwork there's a lot more work to be done I think in this realm and this topic and putting these two together so I also have an astrological aromatherapy service and I love doing that that includes a natal chart reading and then we'll make a blend for you based on your natal chart and maybe some areas of work that you're being called to dive into or just a blend that can support you energetically just based on the energetics in your natal chart. So I have that as a service as well. I'm just super excited. So that's on Wednesday night here on the East Coast. It'll be obviously different time zones and time frames, and she's got all that on the website to help out with timing and scheduling and all that. <clears throat> so that's Wednesday night. And then also, I forgot, in between Monday and Wednesday, it's Tuesday, and we'll be going live on Tuesday. We've been doing that now, Tuesdays at 11.30 a.m. here on Eastern Time, and we just go live for an hour, and we do readings, and we chat, and that is a complimentary Sea Goddess offering just to get to know us and share some space with us, and that's a live stream, and all those replays are available on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page as well. So that'll be Tuesday at 11.30. And then we have some very exciting in-person things coming up. One is Ladies' Night at Ileano's in Hamilton, New Jersey. So if you're in New Jersey, if you're in the South Jersey area, come join us for that in Hamilton on the 7th. I believe it starts at 4. We'll be putting that up on the website very soon. It's already on our socials. And we'll be there doing tarot readings, oracle readings, and then also we'll have our merch set up. So we'll be there with all of our beautiful artwork, Oregon energy pieces made by Jess. And our <clears throat> we have some t-shirts, my aromatherapy that I created for Sea Goddess, and other pieces of art and intuitive art and <clears throat> beautiful crystal jewelry, crystals. We'll have a crystal bar and all of our wonderful products that we not very often get to offer in person. So that will be on the 7th. That is a Thursday night at Ileano's in Hamilton. And then on the 9th, Saturday the 9th, we're participating in the Luminary Light Festival at Absecon Lighthouse. That is also up on our website on our events page. Mandy and I will be there doing what's in the store for your 2024 readings. 
And it's a beautiful event. They haven't been able to do this now for a couple of years. So they're bringing it back and we're really excited. And they have a tree lighting and a lantern that you can write intentions on and then release um, on the lighthouse grounds. I'm seeking lighthouses in the inlet part of Atlantic City. So the information is there on their website and our website. If you want to come out and join us, I believe it's a 20 or $25 donation. And that supports the lighthouse. They're a nonprofit. So come join us for that. That's going to be beautiful. Another way to celebrate bringing the light back in these long nights that we're having now here in the Northern Hemisphere. So that'll be fun. And I believe the whole team will be available for both events. So all four of us will be there for Ileano's Ladies Night and also for the Luminary Light Festival. And we're super excited about that. And then the other thing, one of the big things that we have that we're dreaming up right now is a winter retreat in Southern Vermont on March 1st through March 3rd, 2024. And <clears throat> we are, we have a very tentative agenda already planned out. We're looking at places and it should be a beautiful retreat. We're calling it our snowscape winter retreat. And right now it's already up on the website on our retreats page. And we have an early snow snowboard rate of 444. The full retreat price is 555. And that'll be two nights, three days in Vermont, in Southern Vermont, women only, just full of time with us, soul space with us, workshops with us, and just ways to connect more in person. Meals are included, lodging is included, the workshops are included. All that information is up on the website now. SeeGoddessHealingArts.com and then go to the retreats page and it should be beautiful and we're really, really excited about it, excited about the idea and we want to make it happen. And in order to do that, we need you to register. <laughs> so I think we're going to be having some kind of flash sale this week. We have some ideas for promotion. So that is only open to 15 people. So it'll be intimate and small and very lovely. And we're excited for that. And just escaping to the mountains in March when winter gets a little bit tough and drawn out and just staying cozy by the fire or in the hot tub with like-minded women just sounds incredible to me. So I hope it does to you as well. And like I said, you can find that all on our retreats page. And then just reminder ways to support this project, my little labor of love here and devotion to Chiron. The stars and reviews, everything I've already mentioned, the comments, feedback, email me, all those things. I also have a paid subscription available for $8.99 a month. That would help me keep this project going financially. I'm not quite there yet as far as being able to have ads or anything like that. So right now, this is pretty much a complimentary devotion of my time and energy and teaching efforts putting into this podcast. So that option is there. Um, you can find it pretty much anywhere you listen. There's a button or something or a link. I also put it in the episode notes to become a paid subscriber for $8.99 a month. So there's that. And then my offer still stands as far as anyone who wants to leave stars in a review, which you can do on Apple Podcasts. If you do that, send me a screenshot to my email, ursaalchemy at gmail.com, and I will I'll give you complimentary access to my Lunar Alchemy class, which I taught back in the spring, 
And I teach all about how important and what it means um, as far as moon phase in your birth chart, as well as the way that I've been working with new moons for the past several years, which is a little bit different. Like I've said many times on this podcast, I play the long game with new moons and I look out to six months rather than just the 30 day lunar cycle. And it's created so much magic in my life. And that's why I call it lunar alchemy. Because by working in the way that I do with new moons, you can just create so many things and all those intentions that you may already set with new moons into pure freaking gold. And what materializes six months later is just, in most cases, in the examples that I share, and there's a sample chart reading in that class as well, that it just blew my mind. And some of them were just so beautifully unexpected and just beyond my wildest dreams and imagination, the way that things materialized. So that is there as energy exchange just for leaving me stars in review. So if you do that, just remember, take the screenshot, send it to me, and then I'll give you a coupon code and you'll get that class. So that was a little bit different for me. I've already talked a lot. And now we have the podcast episode to get into. So let's get into our astro weather check. We will be discussing tomorrow's Gemini full moon, which will be here on the East Coast at 4.17 a.m. in the early degrees of Gemini, four degrees to be exact. So sun at four degrees of Sagittarius, a moon at four degrees of Gemini. And this is a a bit of a whopper of a full moon. I have a couple people in my life that are Gemini sons that are already going through it and have been for the last couple of days. So just a reminder with this, we're in the mutable energy now. Gemini and Sagittarius are two of the mutable signs. Mutable just means the way that the energy is expressed. We're in the change of the seasons. We're in the time that's asked that asks us to be adaptable, open to change, more going with the flow, getting out of our comfort zone. That's where we're at. The other two mutable signs are Pisces and Virgo. So we have a T-square with the full moon. And I always mention when we have a T-square aspect that the there's a release point usually when there's nothing on the other side. So the energy of this full moon, the energy that's been building, the intensity of it, like I said, it's a whopper of a full moon. If you're feeling that really intensely, the blow off point is doing anything that is Virgo related. So cleaning out house, cleaning out clutter, organizing, cleaning in general, energetically in particular, is where I want to focus that. <laughs> Alchemizing, uh, just this earth experience in some way that just helps you get the energy out. With Virgo, we, it's very much about organization, but mostly more so assimilation into the physical. It's the time of the year we have Virgo season in late August to late September. So that is the time of the harvest. We've already covered Virgo on the podcast as far as the Chiron content. So just oh, as a way to release the energy, maybe just get some shit done. Move it. Movement will be um, particularly important, particularly energetically. So 
However that looks for you, if you have placements in Sagittarius and Gemini, Virgo, or Pisces in particular, you might be feeling this a little bit more. The energy that I'm saying is the whopper of pretty much the, the crux of what this full moon is bringing up is the squares that we're getting from Saturn and the squares that we're getting from Pluto and the squares that we're getting from Neptune. So all outer planets, our inner planets are in direct challenge to the outers. The um, dynamics here are sun and moon square Saturn. Saturn's right now still sitting at zero degrees of Pisces. Saturn shifted into Pisces back in March and will be there for another couple of years. And this energy has been very interesting. We only have Sun square Saturn twice a year, Moon square Saturn twice a month. So that's not, you know, a surprising energy. But with the full moon, it just adds many layers to the energy. So <clears throat> what anything involving Saturn brings up is reality, responsibility, karma. And I'm going to read a card from the Sacred Rebels deck that I pulled last week during our live that I feel is a really good representation of this energy and kind of the tagline for this whole vibe I think coming in tomorrow with the full moon is let your curiosity be your guide with Pisces energy and another aspect that I'll talk about next that we're dealing with is it's confusing uh it can relate very much to where we delude ourselves to where we kind of fall into our own patterns that aren't of the highest vibration where we fall into things where we just believe our own bullshit and don't want to adjust or move or consider a different perspective and I'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about Sagittarius the other thing that we have going on right now is Mars is still very close to the sun we had a new Mars cycle begin in Scorpio on the 18th of November Mars has now moved on into the sign of Sagittarius. So the adaptability there is a little bit challenging when the will is so strong to stay in the Sagittarius energy. It's still under the beams like I talked about in the last episode. So Mars is still invisible. There's still something kind of hidden going on with this energy. But because it's still so close to the sun, it's also squaring Saturn. And when we have Mars and Saturn coming together energetically, particularly in a square, that energy is usually expressed, you know, more of the dark side, kind of like when we talk about the Pluto energy and Pluto squares, which we also have building, and I'll get to that also momentarily. It just brings up stuff and stuff that's more shadowy. And it's up to us and how we deal with it. And look at the world stage right now. And there's a lot of dealing with it in patterns that are old and outdated and not for the highest good of anybody. War is one thing that goes along with Saturn and Mars, Saturn and Pluto, Pluto and Mars. So, and particularly with Sagittarius and Gemini dynamic, we get into things like religion and philosophy and things that wars have been started over historically for centuries. And that's the energy that we're in with the full moon. So 
I talk a lot about healing and Louise Hay's work and how to heal your life and how the whole thing starts with ourselves. And then that creates ripples out into the world in general. So how we deal with this energy and how it's showing up in our own lives is a good representation of how it's going to play out in the collective. So really with this full moon, think about what's happening, what's coming to the surface. How are you dealing with it? Are you dealing with it? Are you deluding yourself? Because we also have tomorrow at the time of the full moon, an exact square between Mercury and Neptune, which brings up confusion, things that are kind of intangible with our perspective or where, where, where our perspective actually really comes from. Is it from ourselves or is it from the establishment or some form of indoctrination that we didn't even really know was happening? Are they your own thoughts? Are they your own things that are coming up or are they patterns? I think patterns is a really big thing here. And we'll talk about that more with the card reading. And Mercury right now is in Sagittarius. Mercury is the ruler of this full moon as Mercury is the ruler of Gemini. So with this energy, with Mercury being opposite its sign that it rules, it's not really happy in this place in general. So I talked about this last time. It can be like foot and mouth syndrome, <laughs> foot and mouth energy, like word vomit. So it's very important to consider these things that I'm talking about. Consider whatever's coming up, where it's coming from, and how you can do things a little bit differently moving forward and do some inner work around whatever's happening. That may be, that's maybe something you've ignored in the past or haven't considered in the past. With Gemini, it's all about having a fresh perspective and new, being open to new ideas and being open to your own sense of curiosity and how truth feels to you rather than what you're being told to feel. With, with the moon in general, with full moons, emotions are high. Feelings are high, we're asked to emote. So that brings in the other aspect that we have happening, which is Venus within one degree of the south node, which is also something that's now, as Venus continues moving forward, um, a brewing square aspect to Pluto, which brings in our relationships. So all of our inners, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, are in a very interesting dynamic to the outer planets, and also our social planets, particularly Saturn. So with South Node, it's a point of release. Venus rules the South Node. The South Node's in Libra. Venus is in Libra. Venus is at 21 degrees of Libra. The South Node's at 22 degrees of Libra. So when I was talking about the Venus retrograde back in the summer, I was saying that the release of whatever was coming up might be a little bit delayed or feel a little stagnant because Venus was stagnant. Now we are, Venus is moving forward. Venus is so bright and beautiful in the morning sky. And Venus is the ruler of the south node. So releasing things that don't bring you peace, that throw you out of balance, that throw off your equilibrium in a big way is another thing that's coming up with everything that's playing into the dynamic of the full moon that's coming. So interesting things to also pay attention to, whatever's coming up in your relationships, whatever's coming up. I, I always say Venus is our connection to everything we love and value. 
So there's an element and there's an undertone of something there as well. And we pull in power dynamics when we have Venus wearing Pluto. So there's a lot happening with this full moon. And then um, Chiron and the North Node are also inching closer and closer together. Chiron's at 15 degrees of Aries and the North Node's at 22. So having all of this that's coming up play very largely into our own personal and our own collective healing journeys. And how can we do things differently? How can we lead by example? How can we be the change with that Aries energy that we're all in collectively with the North Node and also with Chiron? It's very important to think about those things. And how can we break free from the norm? How can we get out of things that are dogmatic or stagnant or just old and move into the whole energy that's talked about so much as far as you know quote unquote new earth like how do we how do we be part of the change that moves us forward from everything that's happening now personally and collectively that's so steeped in things that are so old and and hurt and wounded and outdated and like I said, we start with ourselves. So that all of that energy is present right now in the collective, in our own charts, however that's working on you. Where's your Sagittarius house? Where's your Gemini house? Something's brewing, something is culminating. And there are so many undertones, but also opportunities to really dive into the tension and turn that into and alchemize that into some way to move forward in a different way get out of your comfort zone, stick up for yourself, but also pay attention to doing something new, doing something different. So it's a whopper, like I said. So let me read from the Sacred Rebels card that I feel encapsulates this energy really well. And I'm also, I've been reading Letters to a Starseed by Rebecca Campbell. And there's a beautiful, I guess I would call it a poem, that I just read the other day that I also feel encapsulates this energy really well. So I'll do those two readings and then we'll get into our Sagittarius and our Chiron content. So from the Sacred Rebels deck, the card that I pulled during Tuesday's live is number 25, release the dark wound, let love live. And I thought it was so cool because the image on the card is of two hands releasing a fish into the water. And the release of the fish has created ripples. And there's also very, the illustration just shows kind of where the splash is. It's really sparkly. And the fish is just diving back in. <laughs> and it reminded me very much of Pisces energy because the symbol for Pisces is essentially two fishes swimming in opposite directions. So that really called to me as far as the Saturn energy that's involved with this, but also just being okay to dive back in and go back into the layers and go back into the undertones and the emotions and the depths and the waters and find some kind of rebirth in that process. I'm not sure why this fish is being released back into the water. It's obviously going back in, but I think that's part of the mystery. That's part of the opportunity as well, just the action of going back in and letting it be okay to be that, to let it be a, a release of some sort. And the two hands, I feel, 
are really symbolic in this card too. And we'll get into that. I'm going to, I'm going to read now. So, okay. Release the dark wound. Let love live. If we detach something from its source too soon, trying to force it to become what it is not yet ready or willing to become, we can unintentionally sap it of its strength and kill it. There is a dark wound in the consciousness of humanity, which demands perfection and denies process. If you are thinking of publishers before you have ever written the book, if you are comparing your unfinished song idea to the latest, the best-selling pop release, if you have decided you are not good enough or worthy enough to succeed before you've given it everything you've got and asked for divine help, then this dark wound has you in its grasp. You have to let go of the death grip of perfectionism and let yourself and your ideas live. Love is abundant, creative, and inspiring. It moves us so much more joyously and creatively than fear. You are being asked to honor the path of your own love. What inspires you? What feels exciting, joyful, and perhaps even rather different? Let that live. Release the dark wounding of false belief. There are countless stories of vastly successful artists who very nearly binned the project that was the making of their career because of the despair fostered by their own dark nature. They doubted. They were uncertain. Was their work any good? Was it useless? They struggled to believe in the right of a work to come to life, whether it was accepted, revered, revered, or rejected by others or not. They nearly lost their work to fear. Undoubtedly, there have been many times when this has actually happened and the work was not saved, not allowed to live. Do not let this happen to you. Whether something is meant to be a commercially oriented venture or a more personal creation for your own therapeutic healing, it must be allowed to be without judgment, without criticism, even without premature evaluation. It must be allowed to be what it is and only time, love, patience, and attention will reveal it. If you have drawn this card along with the Oracle of Defend to the End, the Worthwhile, or the Oracle of New Birth, Guarded Vigilantly, then the message above is amplified and you are asked to act on this immediately so that your path can continue under the protection of grace and wisdom. If you feel drawn to read the messages of one or both of those additional oracles, whether you have drawn the cards in this reading or not, trust your instincts and do that in addition to completing the reading of this guidance and the healing process below. You can do the healing processes for those additional cards if you wish to do so. The messages of this card are also amplified if you have drawn the beyond the mind, the heart beats. If you have not drawn that card, but feel inspired to read its messages and complete the healing process for that oracle, trust yourself and do so now. So this is the healing process for this card. Say the declaration below out loud three times. 
be in your heart and really feel what you are expressing. So we're going to do this together. You can do this with me now as you're listening or save this and let's do it later. But we're going to do this three times. I now choose of my own free will to release all cellular memories and belief systems based in the dark wound of criticism, judgment, shaming, and fear so that my creative, loving energy may thrive in a nourishing environment conducive to growth. Through all time and space, through all dimensions of my being, through unconditional love, so be it. I now choose of my own free will to release all cellular memories and belief systems based in the dark wound of criticism, judgment, shaming, and fear, so that my creative, loving energy may thrive in a nourishing environment conducive to growth. Through all time and space, through all dimensions of my being, through unconditional love, so be it. I now choose of my own free will to release all cellular memories and belief systems based in the dark wound of criticism, judgment, shaming, and fear, so that my creative, loving energy may thrive in a nourishing environment conducive to growth. Through all time and space, through all dimensions of my being, through unconditional love, so be it. Powerful. And from my perspective and in my opinion, a beautiful example of the dynamic and the polarity and the light and the dark expressions of the outers that we're talking about that are involved with this full moon. And with this card in particular, with the energy that we're in right now, I want to invite us back to the time of when the nodes were in Sagittarius and Gemini, south and Sagittarius, north and Gemini, within the last few years, back in late 2020 and pretty much all of 2021. And think about what was happening then. And think about what has come out since then. And think about all of the people and the power dynamics, and the war, essentially, that was playing out in our personal lives, in the collective, when the new idea, or the truth, quote-unquote truth, or the fresh perspective, or people that were committed to releasing the dark wound and doing something new, and breaking the mold and challenging the status quo and the mainstream. Think about what was happening. Just reflect back on that time. I'm not going to go into specifics. I don't want to go there right now. We're in that energy again. But things are very different now. Think back to that and just reflect under the energy of the full moon on that time and what you can do differently now with whatever's coming up. And this card, I think, is so beautiful and helpful for that, especially the healing process. The last two paragraphs of the description, just remember it's an oracle deck, so it will read like that. Um, I usually only pull one card from this deck, 
So if you don't have this deck, it's awesome and I love it. And one of the forms of sacred rebellion, I believe, is being ourselves and doing what we came here to do. And however that looks, however that changes your life in whatever ways, I know it's changed mine in many, even going back to the time frame I just discussed, be okay with it. And the release part is really, really important. And the letting go part is really, really important. And I think that's where the Saturnian energy really comes in right now, as far as what it's bringing up in the light and dark in the Pisces energy in particular. So now, and I think it was really cool in that card that the belief uh, word came up because that definitely plays a lot into the Sagittarius and Gemini dynamic. And our belief is a strong thing and it can be changed with new ideas and new perspectives. But when it gets to be a little bit dangerous and a little bit shadowy is when, and I'll get to the um, Sagittarius energy and the Chiron content, but from the Black Moon card that I'm going to read from, the, the term, the key, the idea on the card is I see. And with Sagittarius energy, it can be a little bit of a slippery slope because with Gemini Sagittarius, we're talking about new ideas, fresh perspectives, mental agility, curiosity, all of those things, being playful with it, and then how those things can become more developed and grow into, on the other side, Sagittarius, wisdom, philosophy, belief. But if we stay too far on the other side, when we're not open to new things or fresh perspectives, we can get into things like being dogmatic, being self-righteous, leading crusades, <laughs> starting wars. So it's a little bit tricky with Sagittarius. There's the the bright side where like I call it the free spirit of the zodiac and that sense of adventure and wonder and setting your goals high and having, you know, a high perspective and seeing things from a high perspective. But then we can get bogged down in it to an extent when we get into the sort of lower shadowy aspects. If you've ever seen the movie Dogma by Kevin Smith, it can kind of touch on that could be a fun way to sort of release the energy that we're feeling now as far as just some kind of humor. But that's just, I think, a brilliant, brilliant um, perspective and creation around what I'm talking about. And we'll get into that more with the energy. But what I'm getting at is I picked this phrase, this this poem, this passage from Letters to a Starseed to kind of illustrate more of what I'm saying as far as let curiosity be your guide. This poem is called Unquestioning Everything. And this book is phenomenal. I'm loving it. This is her newest book. And there's an oracle deck that also goes along with it. And I highly recommend. So this says, Unquestioning Everything. And it's page 118 in the book in the I Remember chapter or section. The biggest challenges are designed at first to separate you from your faith. Let them. Don't judge yourself when you question it all. When you doubt your beliefs, your devotion, your God slash goddess, your entire existence. 
It is in these times that we're meant to question everything. It doesn't matter how long you stay away, how much you ignore your faith, how tightly you close your heart, how long you dwell in your separateness. Each challenge is an opportunity to deepen, but first we might retract. Come up to the surface before diving once more to the depths. Eventually, you will return to the pearls, waiting for you even deeper than before. And that's another key term with this energy is faith. Love that. Love that so much. And that is a very long-winded astro weather check on the full moon, but all things that I felt very called to and very important to cover, especially, like I said, with what I'm seeing come up in just a couple people's lives right now that I know, and I'm sure that that's extended out to many that I'm not even seeing or knowing about or anything. So that is our astro weather check. So let's get into our Chiron content. I have a lot of books in front of me today, so let's shuffle around a little bit. So we'll start with Chiron and Sagittarius, and then we'll close as we do with the Black Moon astrology card for the sign of Sagittarius. So you have Chiron and Sagittarius if you're born October 30th of 1898 through January 12th of 1901. August 10th of 1901 through September 29th of 1901, November 29th of 1948 through February 9th of 1951, September 9th of 1995 through December 29th of 1996, June 19th of 1951 through November 4th of 1951. And for your future listeners or your very young listeners, September 22nd of 1999 through September 11th, or I'm sorry, December 11th of 2001. So this is what Barbara has to say about Chiron and Sagittarius. When Chiron is in Sagittarius, there is a crisis about integration of the higher self into one's consciousness. These natives are on a quest to become ensouled, to bring the highest essence into their own form so they can connect with the central organizing principle of all their incarnations. This connection is blocked until the higher self is embodied. Jupiter is the home of the masters, the beings who love us and care about our progress on earth. People born with Chiron and Sagittarius are instinctually in tune with these teachers. Until they begin to bring the higher self in and become ensouled, they will go on many quests and explore many religions. Once they comprehend that they are the bridgers in their own bodies between essence slash Uranus and Saturn slash Earth, then they become electrical conduits. It is no accident that those born with Chiron and Sagittarius late 1948 to 1951 will experience their Uranus oppositions during 1987 through 1989, as Chiron also opposes Uranus by transit and Saturn conjuncts Uranus by transit. 
That is, many with Chiron and Sagittarius will have transiting Uranus conjunct Saturn, opposite Uranus, conjunct transiting Chiron. That's a mouthful even for me. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, but she'll, she'll go into it. This group will ensoul at that point. They are going to be the teachers of the Chirotic force. They will be the prophets of the age of Aquarius. And Sagittarius is such a focusing arrow in consciousness that many of them are already in power positions so they can play their role in the upcoming difficult transition. Let's see. I'm going to skim over some of this because it just gets really... Uh, doo -doo -doo. Okay, I think this is important. Many astrologers believe that Chiron rules Sagittarius. As already mentioned, this confusion arose partly because Chiron rules the method of the quest. But Sagittarius is the quest. The ninth house is where we connect with the higher self. The masters who live on Jupiter are calling us, and the Sagittarian focus is the way to ensoul. But just as Chiron rules the tarot reader, Chiron rules the initiation process. Sagittarius is the focus and direction, and Virgo is the battle between Saturn form and Uranian energetics that creates the pragmatic solution to make it to Jupiterian expansion. Thus, the centaur's body is placed in the ninth house to symbolize all individuals who go on the quest to unite body and soul, human and animal self. The proof of this question is shown by the fact that mythological Chiron stayed in his house of healing, Mount Pelion, and he sent out the questers he had initiated to go on the journey. Because Chiron has been sighted, astrologers now will find it possible to be Chiron in a reading and determine the sacred skill of clients and initiate them into their quest. This teaching will empower clients to activate the ninth house, the Sagittarian focus, into awareness. Okay, so now she goes into a lot of her client work which I won't go over. If you want to go more into that, get the book, as I always say. And she goes more into astrology jargon. I won't go into that either. So let's go to the last paragraph of this passage, and then we'll move on to the card. And this is important too. And this, this really does go back to a lot of what I talked about in the first season, as far as me having Chiron in the first and what Chiron relates to and just the introductory material that I talked about back then. The higher self cannot become embodied without Kundalini integration. And natives with Chiron and Sagittarius will experience this crisis personally. The Chirotic neurological system is the inner body pathways of systems which hold in the body, Saturn, and the energetics which cause kundalini energy to flow, which are electrical and ruled by Uranus. It is the balance within the Saturn bone, muscle, and blood systems, which makes possible positive and negative polarity, energization of Uranian charging in the nerves, the spine, the brain. The in-between place is the arachnoid membrane, 
which is the thin membrane of the brain and spinal column between the pia, internal, mater, mother, which relates into the body and the dura, external, mater, which protects the central nervous cords. Excuse the complication, but this is an incredibly powerful image of the way Chiron works between Saturn as an external force, or dura, encrusting our response, and pia, as the inner place allowing entry of the soul or higher self into the body. Also, this membrane corresponds to the Van Allen belt, the force field around Earth which mediates between Earth, atmosphere, and the solar system. Physical images are the most powerful forms of meditation. The arachnoid membrane is where Chiron is in your body as the bridge between inner matter and outside communications, and the Van Allen belt is the galactic resonator to Earth. Natives with Chiron and Sagittarius will teach us how the arachnoid membrane and the Van Allen belt are spider webs of interconnectivity and outer holism. Wow. So that's a little out there as far as everything I've already read from Barbara's book, but this is why I love Barbara's book. So you might have to replay that a couple of times to really get it, let it settle, let it sit in. But this is why I love Chiron so much because they're of the depth and uh, just all the centaurs in general, which I think is something else that's percolating a little bit as far as season four. And just that the law of correspondences, like I talked about earlier when I was describing my class that I'm going to be teaching and the as above, so below and all the things that are reflected in the cosmos, in our own world, in our own bodies in particular, and that spinal connection and the assimilation of soul and body. And it reminds me of that Death Cab for Cutie song where soul meets body. And it's just such a cool, it's just fascinating to me. And just, you know, my own mission of embodying it in general and why I started this project in the first place. It's just, it, I love that so much. So apologies for the astrology jargon that I got into a little bit, but I think that was important and it'll resonate. It'll, it, it'll be planted. It, it'll plant seeds in your consciousness and, and you'll get it even if you're you know, even if it was a little bit confusing, I apologize, apologize for that. But I think everything that I read was really important to really describing what she's talking about as far as that Chiron placement and how it corresponds to so many other things. And if you have Chiron and Sagittarius and you're listening, I would love to hear from you. Did that resonate? And, and the whole thing, as far as like the whole like, like I talked about in the very beginning, Chiron is the rainbow bridge. Chiron's orbit is between Saturn and Uranus. And it connects us to those transpersonal planets, the Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and the beyond, and the unseen realms, and how it correlates and corresponds in our lives, in our bodies, in our healing journeys. It's just all so beautiful and so interconnected, and I just love it so much. Okay, so let's get into our Sagittarius content for today and then we'll wrap it up. So as I said, the word, the the key idea, the theme on this card, which is number 21 from this deck is I see. And just remember like every Oracle deck I read from, 
I'm just pulling the one card. I'll skim over if I feel it necessary when it talks about pulling the card with other cards, but just know if I'm reading that, that's why it's saying that because it's an Oracle deck. Okay. Number 21, Sagittarius, I see. Luck is not chance, it's toil. Fortune's expensive smile is earned. And that is a quote by Emily Dickinson, and it's in, it says Sagittarius here, so I'm guessing she was a Sagittarius son. And here's what the card says. You're just about ready to hit your mark. The sign of Sagittarius is ruled by the planet Jupiter and is a mutable, easygoing fire sign. The ancient symbol for Sagittarius is a half-man, half-horse, known as a centaur, a creature trained in the art of archery who always manages to hit his target no matter how far he roams. Sagittarians are honest, candid, and not afraid to speak the truth. Since this freedom-loving fire sign is not offended by the truth, he is often surprised when others take offense to his words. Sagittarians are drawn to religious ideas, even though sometimes they deny it. They will go through periods of not being religious at all and claim not to believe in anything, even bucking against authority. Religion and philosophy are concepts they remain fascinated by, though they will argue for hours about religion, and usually at some point in life they return to some type of faith, but such a faith always remains an intellectual pursuit. Sagittarians are highly idealistic, creative, outdoorsy, and have a great sense of play and fun. They are also extremely restless and would prefer not to stay in the same spot. Instead, they would rather roam. Sagittarians dislike routine, so are in, in, encumbered by the usual nine-to-five job. They may end up as magicians, fire eaters, tattoo artists, entertainers, publishers, literary agents, clergy, tutors, bookstore owners, and whatever does not require any set schedule. Sagittarians tend to be rather lucky, but have a habit of not handling money well and will sometimes squander any wealth that comes to them. They are confident, which makes them highly attractive and popular, drawing to them what they need. Sagittarians also have integrity and will not go along with any unfair or underhand, anything unfair or underhand. Wicca, paganism, and the Catholic Church are all ruled by Sagittarius. When you think about it, these religions, with their pomp and ceremony, candles and incense, have much in common. Though not as showy as their fellow fire sign, Leo, Sagittarians tend to largesse by their nature and prefer what they do to be memorable. The archer sign does not want an ordinary life. When the Sagittarius card turns up in a reading, the freedom at the current time is essential. You will feel the need to fight against restrictions of any kind and want everything out in the open. You want to know where you stand. If your question pertains to a relationship, you or your partner need to be given extra space and looser reins. 
You may find yourself especially philosophical at the current time and even studying religions which may not have appealed to you before. Interestingly, Sagittarius is the sign representing large animals, especially horses and big dogs. You may soon be acquiring a new pet, or it may be that animals are already a big part of your life. Like these beautiful beasts, you love that sense of wildness and being in the open air. You may soon travel to areas with vast countrysides or regions with mountains and lakes that you want to explore. You might embrace a new philosophy, enroll in classes of higher learning, or begin to study churches or religions. A visit to a casino or another area where gambling takes place could likely come about. You will likely be fortunate and win in this venture, as long as you don't proceed recklessly. It's a good time to take a gamble. Your future looks promising because you're ready to expand and grow beyond your limits. If you do encounter difficulties, you will surmount them easily and move forward to your next lucky break in life, which should be coming soon. Sagittarius card in brief, good luck, favorable conditions, being open and broad-minded, going for the truth, being truthful, being frank and honest, being kind and helpful, allowing others to be who they are, seeking answers, becoming curious, psychic fairs, visiting areas of study, universities, lecture halls, churches, bookstores, courthouses, feeling passionate, going on a big adventure, travels in a southeastern direction, giving others freedoms, gathering others together for a good cause, living for the moment, avoiding commitment, clumsy accidents, feeling loose inside the body, wine and beer, campouts, fireplaces, horses, the kidneys, buttocks, and upper thighs, gambling places, lottery tickets, panhandlers, the colors violet, magenta, and blue. The corresponding tarot card is the Six of Wands, and key ideas, freedom, exploration, lucky breaks, religion, travel, philosophy, and honesty. Love that. Love the energy, like I said. Love the energy when it's in this high expression, but when it gets down into the shadowy parts and the lower extremes, I usually clash <laughs> with Sagittarius energy. I don't know if it's because my moon's in Virgo or I have many planets in Virgo or what, but yeah. When we get into my belief is the only belief and that's the only way and the, like I said, dogmatic parts and the self-righteousness, I just have trouble with it. But that's probably something for me to learn as well, as usual. <laughs> so, and just to sum up kind of like what I said, the key theme for this episode and the Astro Weather Check in particular is let your curiosity be your guide. This whole project, this whole thing that I sign off on every time as far as be a maverick, like we can't really embody that energy or be a maverick if we're not open to new ideas or consider other people's opinions or just being open in general and, and and really honing in on the 
shadow work parts of ourselves where we're really diving into, especially under this full moon energy, where we might be deluding ourselves in whatever is coming up. So I am going to wrap it there. I will be back with a new moon astro weather check for the Sagittarius new moon in a couple of weeks. That will either be a live stream or a video recording that I'll do. And it'll just be focused on the new moon and the astro weather. And then we'll be back for another full Chiron episode in Capricorn season around the uh, Cancer full moon. And that will be very well timed with, I talked about this, I think a couple episodes ago, I want to start doing astrological themes and movies and that's happening. I'm making it happen. And I'm going to be doing a class, we're calling it a star lounge. I think the working title of the class right now is astrological themes in cinema, a star lounge. And we're focusing for the first one that I'm going to do on it's a wonderful life. And I've had this idea in the works for a couple of years now, like after I studied astrology and I really started kind of looking at the expressions of it in writings and movies and, and all that. It's a Wonderful Life was one that I really, really honed in on because there's so much content there, particularly about the planet Saturn and about the moon. So I'm going to dive deep into that movie that will be on the 21st of December. I'm going to do it as a donation-based class. I don't want to have anyone commit financially, especially during the holiday season. So donation-based, free class, donations appreciated as always, obviously, <laughs> but I just want to have fun with it. And I just want to get my ideas and, and thoughts out there and see how that resonates with people and what other people have noticed with that movie. So the only prerequisite will be some general astrology knowledge, if that doesn't really matter to me but watching the movie. So between now and then, if you have a chance, if you haven't ever seen it, or if you need a refresh on it, watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's a great movie for this time of the year. And we'll celebrate the solstice together with that class and the beginning of Capricorn season. And it's just timed really well. And it's in perfect divine timing and synchronicity. And we're, we're making it happen. So I'm going to do it. Ripping off another Band-Aid. <laughs> so that's coming. Look out for that. We'll have that posted on the website for registration this week. And it'll just be free registration. And I'll put links for how you can donate. And uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be doing it that night on the solstice at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So 7 to 8.30 will be our first Star Lounge focused on It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, we should have our next full moon, the Cancer full moon, shortly after that, right around Christmas here in the uh, U.S. and beyond. So I will be back with you again for another full Chiron episode, like I said, during Capricorn season and probably around that time. So as always, remember to be a maverick. <laughs>